the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Father, we thank you for the worshipful time that we're having in the house of God with the people of God to the glory of God. Ooh, that choir saying, you are God. God alone. Now help me to preach about your godness, your love, your mercy, and all you've done for your children. That those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God has to say. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and all God's children said, Amen. We're continuing our journey through 1 John. We want you to turn to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Uh, we're now, we've, let, we've preached all the way through chapter 1, and uh, we've preached all the way through chapter 2, and now we are commencing with chapter 3, uh, 1 John, verse 9, verses, and there you'll find these words. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was revealed to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. We'll be talking, Lord willing, this week and next week on the astonishing love of God. The astonishing love of God. The love of God 
the Father for lost humanity is an astonishing love. It's so astonishing that it goes beyond human explanation. This love goes beyond all human comprehension. This astonishing love is an immeasurable love. It cannot be grasped. It cannot be measured. God loves us with an unconditional love. Say unconditional love. God loves us with an unfailing love. He loves us with a sacrificial love. And we become spiritually negligent when we have been recipients of God's love for so long and then we take his love for granted and even abuse it or fail to appreciate and thank our Lord for it. God chose to love us. That's a profound thought, a profound thought right there. God chose to love us. The scripture says in 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. And out of his infinite, incomprehensible love, he, God provided the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He provided creation. God provided divine protection. God provided salvation. God provided the word of God. God provided amazing grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And God provided undeserved mercy. When people reject God in multitudes, do you know? When people reject God, they are rejecting his love. God so loved that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And when people reject the love of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are actually rejecting God's love. They are rejecting God's provision of salvation when they reject uh, Jesus Christ. They are rejecting his supernatural unlimited power. When we reject God, we are rejecting a supernatural, powerful, omnipotent God, omnipresent God, omniscient God. Uh, When we reject God, we reject any hope of deliverance to help us in times of trials. You reject God, then who's going to help you in time of sufferings? When you reject God, who's going to help you in time of sorrow and grief? When you reject God, who will take care of you in the time of excruciating pain? When people reject God and his love, they are all alone and do not have the presence of God. They do not have the peace of God or the power of God in their lives. How terrible it is when people die without receiving God's love through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you can die without money. You can die without a car. You can die without a family. But don't die without Jesus. Don't die without Jesus. That's the hardest way to die is to close your eyes without without a personal intimate authentic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, how much do you love Christ? In this particular passage, John gives us the provisions of God's love and instructs believers on how we must respond to the love of God. Allow me to transition. What did the love of God provide for his children? That's the transitional question I pose to you. What did the love of God provide For his children. This astonishing love uh, provided some tremendous things for his children. Let me give you a few of them 
and we'll continue next Lord's Day. Number one, God's love privileged us to be called the children of God. God's love privileged us to be called the children of God. You say, where's that? It's right here. First John 3, 1 says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called, underlined it, children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, it is an absolute honor and privilege to be called children of God. And we must not take this title lightly. When have you ever rejoiced in the marvelous truth that you are a child of God? Be mindful. God has no grandchildren. No grandchildren. He only has children. All believers are children of God. As his children, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Every child of God will receive by divine grace the full inheritance of Christ because of being in Christ who created and owns all things. Romans 8, 17 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Only those who by faith have received Christ as Lord and Savior will have the right to become a child of God. If you haven't trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are not a child of God. You are a child of the devil by the way, let me just put it succinctly. You either saved or you lost. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You either know him or you don't. You're either a sheep or you're a goat. You're either a saint or you ain't. No one is a child of God because of any merit or work of his own. You can't work up your salvation. You can't qualify yourself for salvation. All of us are saved the exact same way, by faith through grace alone. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who believe in his name. What name? Jesus, the greatest name. There's not a name above that name. At that name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess. Jesus Christ, the name of all names. Jesus. You must believe in that name. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. Some Christians now take pride in being called a Democrat. They take pride in being called Republicans. Some Christians take a lot of pride in being called conservatives and Freemasons. Uh, there are many saints that love being called by their sorority or fraternity name or the name of their high school or the name of their college and university, the name of their favorite sport team. They uh, take delight and pride in being called by their family name, you know, the Draper name. You know, we always say, but boy, boy, don't you mess up my name, you know, the Draper name or the Smith name, Jones name, or, uh, other, whatever your name is out there. I, mean, I can't call them all, but whatever your name is, you don't want nobody messing with your name, you know. Now, if you don't, want to, you don't want anyone messing with your name, how much more the name of Jesus? And we must never misrepresent the name of names, the name that transcend every name, the name of Jesus. Think 
about how much more astounding it is to be called children of the supreme, almighty, majestic king of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. My daddy is king. Our daddy is almighty. Our daddy is majestic. Our daddy is all glorious. Our daddy is transcendent. Our daddy is God. And there is no greater privilege than to be called children of God. Repeat after me. I am a child of God. If you really mean that like you said, say it like, I want you to say it like you mean it because you know who you are and whose you are. I say you know who you are and whose you are. I am a child of God. You ought to just rest in that reality that you are a child of God. God, I'm a child of God. You ought to shout this. What you shouting about? I'm his child. He saved me in spite of myself. (laughs) I'm his child. I've been washed and dipped in his blood. But what makes the love of God so amazing is that it was while we were yet rebelling against Jesus, opposing God, estranged from God, while we were yet sinners and enemies of God that he lavished anyway his love upon us. You say, how do I know that? Because of Romans 5, 8, which says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, estranged from God, wayward from God, ugly, uh, nasty, low down, uh, backwards uh, sinners, Christ died for us in spite of our sins. As God's children, we enjoy all the rights and privileges in the kingdom of God. And because we are in Christ, the world does not know us because it did not know him. This hostile, unbelieving world does not recognize you because they are spiritually blind and do not know Christ. When the world rejects us, it actually confirms our relationship with God the Father. Perhaps you are not experiencing any persecution. Perhaps it's because you are identified by the labels of this world system than by being called a child of God. No wonder they don't know who you are because you're everything else under the sun. As children of God, we must live up to who we are in Christ and his expectations of us. God has expectations for you. You're not to live up to people's expectations, the expectations of friends and acquaintances and family. You are to live up to God's expectations of you. We must think, we must speak. And we must behave as children of God. I reiterate, we must think, we must speak, and we must behave as children of God. Now, you say you're a child of God. You said that pretty powerfully. Then you ought to think like a child of God, speak like a child of God, and behave like a child of God. Number two, the love of God provided the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The love of God provided the Lord Jesus Christ. First John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The Lord Jesus is the greatest love gift to lost humanity. I say it again, the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest gift to lost humanity. Salvation from start to finish is an expression of the love of God. Salvation from start to finish is an expression of the love of God. Because we are children of God, we can live in confident expectation of the imminent return of Christ. And even sweeter, we shall be like him at the rapture in our perfect glorified bodies. You see, my friend, our natural bodies are not capable to look upon the majesty and the Shekinah glory of Almighty God. This is why a transformation is necessary that we would be equipped to see Jesus as he is. You see how you know that in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, it says, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform, look, transform, that word is metamorphosis, transform our lowly body. Uh, this body is lowly. How do you say why it's low? Because it's subject to sickness and disease and viruses and all of the cancer and, and arthritis and asthma and depression. Uh, lowly body that it may be conformed to the, his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. My friend, the Lord's coming for his children demonstrates the love of God. The Lord love us so much until he's coming back for us. He's coming back for us. The first coming of Christ was when he was born as a babe in Bethlehem to redeem lost humanity and defeat Satan. That's why he came in his first coming when he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. He was born to redeem lost sinners and to defeat Satan. When Christ appears again, we shall be changed and be like him. He will stop in the middle of the air and we shall be caught up, which is to experience ultimate conformity to his likeness. For the believer to be like Christ is to be conformed to his very image. This means that the believer shall possess a perfect one day, a perfect body, an incorruptible body, a immortal body that is absolutely free from defilement, a body that is free from sin, a body that is free from sickness, a body that is free from decay, a body that is free from sorrow, a body that is free from pain and a body that is free from death. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. First Corinthians 15, 51 through 53 says, I behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Our change is a coming. Verse 52 says, in a moment, in a moment, quickly, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound and and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. We will be changed. That's the beauty of going to heaven. And some of you are not heavenly minded. But when you start thinking about the reality of heaven, 
That's enough to shout on right there. This world is not our home. We are just a passing through. We are pilgrims on our way through. We are sojourners. Only in our glorified bodies can we see Jesus as he is. For our natural bodies cannot withstand the Chicana glory of Christ. God took the initiative to lavish his love upon us by providing us the only way out of sin, which is through the Lord Jesus Christ. First John three, five says, and you look and you know that he was revealed to take away sins and in him there is no sin. If he had sin, he could not take away sin. But because he had no sin, he could take away sin, my friend. The primary reason for the coming of Christ to earth was to take away sins. He could do so because he is God in human flesh and he is also the only sinless, perfect sacrifice who was qualified to take away sins. As a matter of fact, in the gospel of John chapter one, verse 29 B, uh, John the Baptist says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was the love of God that sent the Lord Jesus Christ to conquer and destroy the works of the devil and provide victory for all who trust Christ alone through faith. Number three, the love of God provided his children the opportunity to commune with him through prayer. The love of God provided his children the opportunity to commune with him through prayer. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, it says, let us therefore come boldly. You know, you don't have to come to Jesus uh, like a wimp. You can come boldly. Why? Because you're his child and he loves you and you love him. You have an intimate relationship. You can come boldly and you can ask God anything and you can talk about God. You can tell God your most innermost secret, the damnedest thing you've done. He won't, he won't betray your confidence like folk will. You can go to any time, any place, and you can talk to God. You say, what is his phone number? One, one, one. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. That's it. His line is never busy, and there are no charges or no extra charges on the line. Talk to him whenever you want. There's no interruptions. You can talk and have a good time with Jesus. Come boldly through to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How many of y'all need God's help right now? How many of you have something in your life you need God's help with? Don't you know right now you can go boldly? That's why we are praying. That's why you got that slip. We want you to go boldly to the throne room of God and tell him all about your troubles, your, your innermost issues, your joys, your hurts, or just to thank him for who he is and what he's done. What a privilege that we as his children can boldly approach the throne of grace anytime and anywhere to talk to our heavenly father. Mark 135 also says now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed early in the morning before he got busy. Early in the morning before the children wakes up. Early in the morning uh, before you can drink the coffee. Some folk go to coffee before they go to Jesus. <laughs> beloved, if Jesus prayed about... Li listen, beloved, if Jesus prayed, what about you? Y'all still hung up on the coffee, huh? Uh -huh. 
if Jesus prayed, what about you? In light of all the orchestrated evil unfolding right before our eyes in our nation, we are most remiss if we are not intentional about prayer. We are most remiss if we are not intentional about prayer. We, there ought to be a, a thirst to pray, a hunger to pray. You have to make up your mind to pray. This nation is filled with crime. This nation is filled with violence, destructive behavior. This nation is filled with hate and sexual immorality, drugs, immigration crisis, a virus that continues to linger. This nation continues to have an evil agenda that is aiming to destroy our children and our grandchildren. If there is ever a time we need to pray as his children is right now. If you are a child of God, then why are you not praying to your daddy? We must be praying for divine protection. If the Lord don't keep you, you won't be kept. You ought to be crying out for divine protection. You can't get home without his protection. You, you can't breathe without the help of God. You can't blink an eye without the help of God. You can't swallow without the help of God. You can't put one foot in front of the other without the help of God. Without God, all my help comes from God. You need God. You need God for daily provisions. You need God for divine guidance. You need God in your major decisions. You need God for your breakthrough and the challenges you're facing in your life at this very moment. You need divine intervention like only God can give. We must also pray for the church to rise and shine and be light in the midst of spiritual darkness and satanic activities. I say it again. We must also pray for the church to rise and shine and be light in the midst of spiritual darkness and satanic activities. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.